Welcome to SLU Law Summations, presenting brief looks at legal matters that matter to you by St. Louis University School of Law, located in the heart of downtown St. Louis. St. Louis has a long history of being home to entrepreneurs. The city has served as a launching ground for many of America's biggest and best companies, and the region continues to thrive in a variety of new directions. But most of our large companies once started as small businesses. I'm Corey Dugas, and today we're joined by Professor Dana Malkus of SLU Law's Entrepreneurship and Community Development Clinic. Professor Malkus works with local small businesses and nonprofits to get their ideas and companies off the ground. Thank you for joining us today, Dana. You're welcome. Can you talk a little bit about your work in the clinic? Uh, Sure. So the Entrepreneurship and Community Development Clinic, which we call the ECD Clinic for short, uh, is uh, a Uh, opportunity to provide legal help for entrepreneurs, nonprofits, community groups, and small businesses. We function as part of the larger clinical program Mm -hmm. within the law school that provides hands-on learning opportunities for students and free help for the community. So with the addition of uh, Professor Patricia Lee, who joined us a couple of years ago, the ECD clinic now has two sections, one of which is supervised by Professor Lee, the other one of which is supervised by me. Um, Professor Lee's section focuses on intellectual property as it relates to entrepreneurships uh, and small businesses and nonprofits. And then my section focuses on community development as it relates to nonprofits and real estate, neighborhood entrepreneurs and policy. In the clinic, uh, most of our clients are really seeking to have a positive impact on the St. Louis community in some way, uh, including things like neighborhood revitalization, Mm -hmm. job creation, affordable housing. And then several of our clients are what I call neighborhood entrepreneurs. These are small businesses that um, are things like operating neighborhood restaurants, owning a lawn care business, running a hair and nail salon, uh, making and selling body care products, offering child care services, uh, rehabbing housing, providing cleaning services, and other kinds of neighborhood retail services. So serving those entrepreneurs really perfectly aligns with our community development goals in the clinic and with our social justice mission, because many of our clients really don't have the same connections or capital or other advantages that entrepreneurs really need Mm -hmm. to move their ideas forward. And we can really provide legal support for them and help kind of connect them to the larger ecosystem. So those neighborhood entrepreneurs, they're really focused on what is happening locally and getting involved that way is their business? Right, right. Great. So why are important? Uh, why are these entrepreneurs so important to the St. Louis community? Well, I think that um, these entrepreneurs really are an essential part of the fabric of a healthy community, a healthy neighborhood. And there tend to be assets for the community because they are really invested Mm -hmm. locally in the neighborhood. Uh, You know, I think we've really experienced years of policy decisions that cause desolation in many of our communities and kind of a decline in neighborhood entrepreneurship. But in recent years, there's really been a greater recognition by policymakers that entrepreneurs really are an essential piece of neighborhood health. I think, you know, a local example of that is the Cherokee Street neighborhood here in St. Louis. 
their entrepreneurs have been a really important part of revitalizing that uh, neighborhood and, and really adding to the health of the neighborhood. And I think on a national scale, you're seeing really increased recognition um, around entrepreneurship and microfinance and how those are really important pieces of our sort of overall uh, economy and our health of our economy. And, you know, I think, especially for our clients, many of them not only want to be able to provide goods and services in the neighborhood, but they, they're doing it for a source of income for themselves. Absolutely. And you, so I think that that is um, another uh, thing that we are really seeing and that we really want to be able to support. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Cherokee Street neighborhood, which really has come up. We've watched that in the last few years, and it's been really exciting to see. Um, as far as legal issues, can you tell us what some of the biggest legal challenges are that these entrepreneurs are facing when they start a business? Sure. So um, I think there are many challenges to starting a business and probably even more to keeping one operational. I think on the legal side, Probably the biggest challenges that come to mind, one would be just having access to quality, uh, accurate legal help. So we find that a lot of entrepreneurs tend to look online for Mm -hmm. answers to their questions. And sometimes... all available on Google. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sometimes there's good information there, but sometimes there's not. Um, And so I think that's really a challenge is getting accurate information. And then... I think also really fully understanding what it means to operate a business using a business entity. So for a lot of our clients, um, you know, when they're first coming to us, they're deciding, am I going to operate as a sole proprietorship? Mm -hmm. Am I going to operate as a limited liability company, as a corporation, as a partnership? What's my form going to be? And it's actually really easy too easy, I think, to create an LLC. So a lot of people have created one uh, before they even come to us. And they've done that without really understanding that in addition to creating the LLC, there are other steps that they really need to take to get the protection of the limited liability that they think they're getting with the LLC form. So for example, they need to keep their business assets separate from their personal Uh assets and have separate bank accounts and things like that that not everyone realizes. So sometimes they have this kind of false uh, sense of protection that they're getting uh, with that form that they filed. Separating those assets is really important to people so that they make sure that their money is in those two separate places. But what other kind of advice do you give to people as they're putting together this business plan and sort of realizing their goal? Yeah, so I think that business planning is really essential. And we, I tell all of our clients that, and I train the students to tell all of our clients that. Um, it's, I think one thing that's really important is having a business mentor. So if clients come to us without having a mentor, we will try to get them connected with a mentor. There are actually mm-hmm. a lot of free and low cost um, options available in St. Louis for help with business mentoring and business planning. And then the other um, piece that I recommend to clients is actually an online tool that's called the Idea Napkin. So this is a website called the Inographer, and 
Um, the person who runs the website, his name is Alex Bruton. He makes all of his tools available online for free, and they're really wonderful. They're very high quality, and he has several different planning tools available. The thing that I really like about these tools is that they kind of eliminate the like businessy language mm-hmm. that you tend to see uh, in other kinds of business planning tools. And that can be really helpful, especially for clients who might not have a formal business background or Mm -hmm. formal business training. And then the other thing that's really helpful about the tools is that they work well for a for-profit business or a nonprofit or a social enterprise. They really can work really no matter what kind of business form you want to choose. And so I actually teach the students to use these tools and we use these tools when we are interviewing clients to help make sure not only that the client has a solid understanding of what his or her business idea is, but also that the student uh, and we have a solid understanding of what this business model is going to look like. So I think the business planning is just a really essential piece. To get everybody on the same page and make sure we're all thinking together. So we like to think that when we start up a business or folks start up a business that they're not going to have any mistakes along the way, but we know that that's not true. Um, What are some of the most common mistakes that people make when they're starting a business? So I think relating back to what we were just talking about, the the failure to plan Mm -hmm. is one mistake that I see. And when I say failure to plan, I mean, that can really encompass a lot of things. One, uh, One thing in particular is a sort of failure to realistically look at the finances. Um, it's I always talk to clients about how it's really important to realistically think about how much money it's going to take to start this business and then what kind of revenue you think you can expect from the business and is this model going to work? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an important piece of the, the planning. Um, and then I think also... Failing to plan means often that you have not really looked at the regulatory environment that you're in. So, for example, even something as simple as creating body care products that you're making at home and mm-hmm. selling, there are regulations around that. And there are certain things that you need to do uh, correctly if you're going to uh, if you're going to produce and sell something like that. So doing the business planning means that those issues can come out at the beginning and then you can really plan around them. Uh, and if there's some kind of problematic regulation, you can figure out how to either get around it or do things a different way so that you are really um, making sure that you have the best plan kind of to start from. I guess the other mistake that I see people making in terms of business planning is not thinking about who their target customer really is. Mm-hmm. People sometimes want to think that everyone in the whole world is the customer. Yeah, they're not thinking <laughs> about that target market at the beginning. Right, right. So I think really focusing in on that is a really important piece and is the good or service that you're providing something that that target market really needs or, or wants um, is an issue too. So we've talked a lot about planning and sort of understanding what goes on in the different businesses. How can lawyers play an important role in starting a company? Mm -hmm. I think that lawyers are a really important um, piece in all of this. They can help clients understand the regulatory framework that the business will be Mm -hmm. operating in. They can help clients find strategies for moving forward with a business idea in a way that presents the least amount of risk. So a lot of the, the role of the lawyer, I think, is to advise 
about the the risks and then help the client figure out how to move forward through those. And um, then I think the other thing that the lawyer really can do is help connect the client to the larger ecosystem. Uh, and those connections really can help clients succeed. And then, like I was saying before, I think that's especially relevant for our clients, who many of whom really have been negatively impacted by discrimination or disinvestment in their communities, and they may not have the same economic or um, employment opportunities. So we really can be a link as the lawyer to uh, business planning, nonprofits, uh, entrepreneurial networks, and really helping them get access to accessible business education as well. So uh, I, th- I see the, the lawyer as sort of one part of the overall team, but an important connector as well uh, for the client. Absolutely. It sounds like um, what you're saying is the lawyer can do a lot for those, especially those that aren't maybe getting the assistance in other places. So I know that your clinic students are really actively involved in what's going on. Can you tell us what type of work and what specific things they do? Sure. Um, So over the past academic year, we've worked on really a wide variety of different clients. Some examples of the Uh, entrepreneurship related matters that we've worked on. We've done a legal checkup for a small business that provides healthy and nutritionally appropriate prepared foods. We've done legal research and document drafting for um, a startup natural products hair salon and the same thing for a natural body care products Mm -hmm. business. Maybe they'll go into business together. (laughs) Uh, We did an employee manual and did a legal checkup for a nonprofit social enterprise that connects schools and other educational programs with items that would otherwise end up in landfills. And we did some research and advice for a cleaning company uh, for a company that disa- that connects disabled workers with mainstream employers. Mm-hmm. And we did some uh, trademark work and a legal checkup for a husband and wife business that does uh, barbecue sauce from a oh. recipe that they created. <laughs> so, yeah, so a, a wide variety of, you know, different um, kinds of matters mm-hmm. for, again, these are mostly people who are local in their neighborhoods providing um, goods and services in the local economy. Barbecue sauce to hair care, you're covering a lot of different (laughs) things there, and I'm sure that's getting your students a lot of great experience. Danny, you recently received a grant for a workshop series that has to do with small businesses. And you have one that's coming up this summer. Can you tell us a little bit about this series? Sure. So um, we are doing four workshops over the course of a one-year period. We had our first one in April, and it was a great success. Uh, And then our next one is coming up in August. We'll have another one in October of this year. The idea with the workshops is to present uh, uh, both legal and business topics for people who are thinking about starting a small business, um, who are thinking about starting a small business, and uh, the at the conclusion of each workshop, the workshop participants have an opportunity to do what we call intake with the law students who are part of the workshop. These are my students. Mm-hmm. And then after the workshop, we will follow up with the people who did intakes with the law students and help them with whatever uh, legal issue they wanted assistance with related to starting their business. So for a lot of them, it will be something like forming an LLC, or it might be um, giving them advice about thinking about what kind of entity 
they might want to form. It might be reviewing a contract or helping them understand the regulatory environment that uh, affects whatever kind of good or service they're going to be providing. Well, it's been great to hear about this workshop series and about the growing entrepreneurship in St. Louis and the impact that the clinical students and local attorneys can have on starting companies. Thanks again for joining us. Sure. Thank you for joining us for SLU Law Summation, produced by St. Louis University School of Law.